After a long and nervous month at the Royal Inland Hospital, Interior Health says the COVID-19 outbreak there is over. Two units were included in the outbreak. An outbreak on Unit 6 South was declared over earlier this month, and the outbreak on 6 North was declared over yesterday. In total, 69 staff, 36 patients, and four deaths were connected to the outbreak, which was first declared on January 22nd, and all four of those deaths were among patients. To speak more on the COVID situation at RIH and in Kamloops, Pleased to welcome to the show the medical health officer for Kamloops, Dr. Carol Fenton. Dr. Fenton, thanks so much for taking the time. Always appreciate you coming on the program. Thank you for having me. So the outbreak, it's over now at Royal Inland Hospital. I guess first and foremost, is that, I guess, maybe a, a bit of a load off with that being declared done? Or, or, you know, what is sort of the feeling that comes along with an outbreak being declared over, particularly when we're talking about one at our largest healthcare facility? Well, I know it's a, a big relief to our partners who work in uh, the RIH acute care center uh, in terms of, um, you know, being on hyper alert status and, you know, all of the additional outbreak measures that here on the public health side, we're continuing to work to make sure um, that we understand why this happened in the first place and to make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah, so what kind of work, I guess, go, goes into making sure an outbreak is declared over? Like, what sort of steps have to be taken? What sorts of signs have to be there before you can officially say it's done? Well, the most important thing that we watch for when we're trying to determine whether or not an outbreak is ongoing or, or is whether or not we're seeing any new cases connected to the outbreak. And so uh, we saw a period of at least 14 days with no new cases. So that signaled to us that... Um, that any sources of exposure um, were controlled. Now, one of the things you did mention what, uh, off the top there was kind of looking into this and trying to find out how it potentially would have began, right? How an outbreak would have started at the Royal Inland Hospital. I guess is that sort of a, an investigative piece that continues, that is ongoing at this point in time? Yes, exactly. So COVID is a particularly true pathogen because it has such a long incubation period, anywhere from, you know, four to 14 days. So it makes the investigation of where it came from and who had it first much trickier. So that's ongoing. We're still waiting for the whole genome sequencing information from the provincial lab that can give us sort of like a genetic fingerprint to see, you know, which cases were actually related to each other. Do they have a common source? And, and that information. So we're, we're continuing to investigate, but um, when we declared the outbreak, we implemented a number of different control measures that uh, definitely seem to have worked. Yeah, and I was hoping we could kind of go over what some of those control measures are, because one of the things I wanted to, to ask specifically was just, you know, what, what happens? The outbreak is declared over. That doesn't all of a sudden mean you're not worried about COVID-19 anymore. Obviously, that still remains a, very much a concern. So what are some of these changes? Yeah, so when we declare an outbreak, um, we gather a team together uh, and in the acute care setting, so we would have our acute care site leadership, our staff leaders, we would have infectious disease, infection prevention control, micro medical microbiology, and public health all at the table to look at all of the things that we need to do, both to control the outbreak and investigate its source. Some of the control measures, for example, are um, additional hand washing, um, uh, investigating the layout, 
of the the unit that's affected, making sure that there aren't any areas of congregation that might, um, you know, where, where where staff might be taking a break and and may be accidentally exposing themselves to each other. Um, infection prevention and control, reviewing, you know, PPE donning and doffing procedures, which is a common place where people may uh, contaminate themselves, um, and, you know, visitation procedures and making sure that, you know, the, the virus isn't coming in from community either. So um, a lot of things were, were done in the work we did together. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And I'm sure those changes were made in pretty rapid fashion as, as once the uh, the outbreak was, was declared. Um, I guess, how much do you learn from this moving forward, not only when it comes to this specific area of the hospital, but maybe other areas of the hospital or elsewhere in the community? Do, does there does a review take place to make sure that, you know, whatever happened here doesn't happen elsewhere? Exactly. So, you know, every time something like this happens, it's a learning opportunity. We're, as I mentioned, we're still doing the investigation. Um, and we're also working on a debrief lessons learned and considering... Um, writing a new guideline in terms of best ways to work together through something like this. So um, I'm, I'm always dedicated to quality improvement. Yeah. And, and when, when talking about like sort of what the um, risk, I guess, would be moving forward to see maybe another outbreak or even another cluster or something declared at Royal Inland Hospital, it's probably never a point where you can be confident that we're not going to see that again. Uh, but I guess are the, the safety measures that are being put in place, the things that have been altered or changed as a result of this current outbreak, and the fact that, you know, the, the vaccine rollout program should have been able to target all those who are uh, employed at the hospital at this point in time, as far as I understand, um, does that leave some confidence that, uh, you know, the, the hospital is better prepared to minimize or mitigate any COVID-19 occurrence from happening moving forward? Yeah, well, the, the swift nature of how everyone was able to come together and implement the control measures and, you know, get this outbreak under control in such a short timeline is testament to um, the vigilance and, and safety of the site. Um, we did uh, bring in vaccine and we have completed phase one of uh, the vaccine rollout, which are our COVID frontline staff. So those are our um, emergency units, our ICU and our COVID um, uh, ward staff. Um, we still have the remainder of the healthcare staff to get to in uh, phase two and onwards with the vaccine, but we're looking forward to that. Uh, but the number one most important predictor of whether or not we have outbreaks in facilities um, like RIH or uh, you know, long-term care is you know, the, the rate of COVID circulation in community. And so in Kamloops, we're still seeing a very high rate of COVID circulation. And so um, the best thing we can do is as individuals and as a community um, really adhere to all the prevention measures and get that one under control. Now, I have questions about, uh, I guess, the vaccine rollout at this point in time. I have seen some inquiries out there from people just kind of wondering, you know, maybe I have a, a 90-year-old uh, mother or father who's been kind of wondering when are they going to be in line for the vaccine. I know we're still kind of really on the on the basis of supply here, right, waiting for more supply to come in before we can start to see things expand. But any sort of update on when those who are in that phase two, those 80-plus individuals who are waiting for that vaccine, waiting for that call, when they might be contacted at this point in time? Any any updates there? 
So my understanding is that we're still waiting on the province to roll out a system for us to um, really make the appointments accessible to the public. Um, but we're still on track with the original timeline of, of launching phase two um, towards the end of February, beginning of March. So uh, we're all anticipating, um, you know, that rollout and planning for it as fast as we can. Well, uh, Dr. Fenton, as always, I really appreciate the time. I guess what, what would be your message here before I let you go to the rest of the community here? Obviously, uh, we're, we're still getting closer and closer to the pandemic being over as every day rolls along, but we continue to be in it. So what, what would you have to say to those in the public who are, um, you know, just hoping to see this come to an end sooner than later and, and maybe might let their guard down? Absolutely. So Kamloops has had a rough go of it since Christmas. January and February have not been the most fun, but... We've, um, you know, demonstrated uh, both before Christmas and, and getting things more under control now that we know what to do and we can do them. And it's really a time now to uh, come together virtually and protect each other until we get this vaccine. So we know we can do it and you know what to do. Thanks so much for the time, Dr. Fenton. Always appreciate it. And we'll catch up again soon. Of course. Thanks for having me. Awesome stuff. There is Dr. Carol Fenton, the medical health officer for Kamloops. And uh, yeah, that last part kind of asking what's going to be going on with vaccine rollout and, and what we can expect those who are in sort of stage two or phase two of the vaccine rollout plan. Those who are 80 plus years old waiting for that call, waiting to be contacted to find out when can I book an appointment to get my inoculation? Going to be getting more information about that on Monday. So just a week from yesterday, we'll get more because uh, the, the provincial health officials, they came out today, gave their update. Usually they do it on Monday, decided to do it on Tuesday here this week. And today we found out they're going to be providing a bit of a vaccine plan update on Monday. So hopefully we'll get some more concrete answers about timing, about uh, you know, where things might be located, where you have to go to go and get a vaccine, all that stuff. Um, you know, we're not going to get all of those details, but we'll slowly be able to put some of those together starting on Monday. As we know, it's just kind of vague, vague uh, statements at this point in time, right? Like March, early April. I mean, what does that mean? That's a, that's a six-week window from where we are sitting, seven-week window from where we're sitting right now. So it'd be nice to get some more concrete answers, and it sounds like those should be coming on Monday.